soccer's on an international break. Joining us is our world game expert. His name is Daniel Garb. Garby, welcome. Thank you, Rowie. Can we start with our mighty Socceroos Thursday night, Bangladesh at Amy Park? It'll be a walk in the park, won't it? You'd think so. Stage one qualifying for Australia generally is. Uh, the opposition is uh, far inferior to Australia. So a chance for some to yeah, beef up their stats a little bit. But more importantly, I guess, you know, try and impress Graham Arnold and uh, mm. improve their chances of being in the squad for the more testing qualifiers come stage two when it does mm. get really tricky, of course, and we have some away games that are not easy. But uh, look, the home game, certainly in stage one, uh, a fait accompli for the Socceroos. Um, they're away from home. You can have a few tests, that's for sure. But uh, it's a nice way to build into the Asian Cup. I think that's the way to look at this. The World Cup yeah. qualifying points will take care of themselves in stage one. Yeah. So let's build some confidence ahead of January. That's but- the big one. We're going just, for a big trophy there, so that's what we should look look we, at right now. We are, and let's hope we win it. We're, we're then off to Kuwait to play Palestine. Now, we're not mm. going to get political on what's happening around the world, but you'd wonder how galvanising that would be for the Palestinians. Hard to know. Yeah. It really is. I mean, Israel played the other day against Kosovo. They lost that game, and you wonder if, uh, and, and they're on the, the verge of European qualification, you wonder if it affected them. Um, the war at the moment, whether it galvanised the squads and, you know, they're trying to represent their people. It's hard to know, obviously. And uh, that's going to be, I imagine, a reasonable story in Australia because we are playing Palestine and um, there'll be a sporting angle, if you like, to, to what's transpiring tragically in the Middle East. So, yeah, we played them at the last Asian Cup in 2019 and uh, beat them without too much of a worry. Um, so... You'd imagine it would be the same again, but obviously the game can't take place in that region and uh, the Socceroos will face them in Kuwait. So, Graham Arnold, probably looking at the next gen in these next couple of games, uh, looking at perhaps a less experienced lineup. Yeah, I'd imagine he'd give some opportunities to others because Sunni Yengi's in the squad. You'd know him mm. well from Adelaide, yes. of course. Mm. Um, you know, Graham Arnold on Thursday night will represent the Socceroos as manager um, for the 50 eighth time, 59th time, sorry, yeah. which will actually break the record, which is an amazing achievement. Yes. I mean, you think about how long the Socceroos have been in vogue for. Mm. Uh, to be the most capped manager of the national team is something to be very proud of, especially when you consider how heavily criticised Graham Arnold was in the lead-up to the last World Cup. I mean, he was basically bullied by the public at times. Mm. And uh, for him to get through that, do what he did in Qatar with the team, earn a new four-year contract, and now break the record um, for the most managerial appearances for Australia is something very special for him. And, uh, yep, it's uh, going to be a big couple of months leading up to that Asian Cup, and no doubt he will try to bring a few more youngsters through the ranks, in particular in the striking positions. I think that's where there is the opportunity for Australia to, uh, to try and find a couple of different options, perhaps in the final third, to lead the line, because there are probably five or six players, but no one who you say, all right, that's our nailed on. Mm-hmm. Number nine behind Mitch Duke, who's probably got the position at the moment, um, <laughs> player who can dominate in those areas. So some players there will, would like to, I think, prove that they can cash in in front of the goals in these couple of games. Now, I won't put you on the spot because I'll let Stephen ask you a question in a minute, but I want you to just think about, we've just been putting classic commentary into the Australian sport commentary mm. register and we I'll get you to think about maybe one from the world game that we might be able to mm. add in there. And before you do that, uh Garby, Ange, I think it looks like they might need a break. 
Yeah, it's actually handy for them, the international break, because uh, the injuries have certainly started to pile up for Spurs. They came all at once. Uh, he lost three of his back four leading into the game against Wolves on the weekend, plus James Madison, who's his best creative player, and uh, that had an impact. Late on against Wolves, they lost uh, Spurs, still in the top four, so you know, Andrews had an incredible start to the season. Manager of the month for the third successive yeah. time. That is mind-blowing in his first season in the Prem. And the expectations in the first third of the season well and truly surpassed. But yes, he's got challenges now, which we knew would come. They came mm. quicker than expected in terms of the injuries. Uh, so a week off certainly won't uh, help him. But he's got Man City in a couple of weeks. So, uh, yep, they'd want to try and get a couple back before then. No next story, Aaron Kunda, no Adelaide Reds? Well, I'm not so sure about that, but it certainly leaves a big hole. Um it's going to be an interesting transfer situation. So Bayern Munich have been keen on Iren Kunda for some time. They tried to get him at the end of last season, and it didn't quite eventuate. Uh, that signing, reported to be around $6 million, would be a huge windfall for Adelaide. It would smash the Australian domestic transfer record. I think there's a good chance Bayern would loan him back. He's still, as we know, so young, but he's also quite raw, mm. and he needs a bit of time to develop mentally more than anything. Yes. And uh, I think Bayern would be happy to loan him back. I hope that's the case, so we get more of Iren Kunda um, in the Red of Adelaide and in Australia, but uh, it's inevitable that he'll go to a massive club and uh, hugely exciting if it's to Bayern Munich of all places. Um, we were actually talking about the other day, when uh, a transfer deal is done, is there a percentage that goes to the player? No. It's all to the club. The player can organise or arrange a signing-on bonus. That's quite common. Right. Um, but no, the, the player okay. is owned by the club. The transfer fee is all to the club for the asset. And then the player gets a, a pretty decent salary, let's be honest. But sometimes they can organise a signing-on fee as okay. part of that. Now, and uh, the only time that's different is if there's a free transfer. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the club then gets a bit of compensation. That's about it. But nowhere near what they would usually get. The player then generally does a bit better out of it. But no, Nestor and Kunda won't see any of the $6 million, but uh, you know he might get a, a decent signing-on bonus. But the salary will more than make up for it, I'm okay, sure. Okay. So, Garby, the National Film and Sound Archive, the Register, Sporting Commentary, have you got one that just springs to mm. mind that you'd like to nominate? Um, the one that came to mind first, I guess, from an Aussie point of view, is uh, the Tim Cahill second strike against oh, Japan at the World yes. Cup in 2006. Oh, yes, Tim yes. Cahill has done it again. From yes. Simon Hill. Uh, yeah. I think that's one that stands out. Brilliant. I like that one. Garby, well done. Thanks for that. We'll keep in touch. Okay. Thanks, lad. Daniel Garby, world game expert. That, that's when he ran over and, and boxed the boxed uh, flags, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. brilliant.